You're listening to the All Systems Go podcast, the show that teaches you everything you need to know to put your business on autopilot. Learn how to deploy automated marketing and sales systems in your business the right way with your host, the professor of automation himself and founder of Automation Bridge, Chris Davis. Welcome to the All Systems Go podcast. I'm your host, Chris L. Davis, founder of Automation Bridge, an online publication for small business marketing automation. This episode, I want to discuss three main considerations to be mindful of when crafting and and building the the automated customer journey there. It's one question and it and that opens up to these three considerations, and it appears to be so simple on the surface, but asking this question alone can enhance the journey that you put in place tremendously. And it, and, and it could be a, a bit of a mind trip and it, it needs to be done with with some some uh, borders. You know, it's, it's got to be done within confinement or else you can find yourself off to in consideration la la land. Um, but this podcast, I want I want to talk about it. Uh, but before we jump into it, let me say if you're new to the podcast, make sure that you subscribe and share after listening to this episode in its entirety. If you are a longtime listener and have not subscribed, left a five star rating and review or shared it, please do so. We are available in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere where you find podcasts, you will find the All Systems Go podcast. I, I love what what Jordan said uh, in his five star rating and review. He says, Chris is incredible, man. I always love listening to Chris's podcast. He is the perfect blend of technical, strategic and genuine. Genuine sounds so quaint <laughs> as a podcast quality, but it's so refreshing. Chris is not afraid to be honest about his struggles and insecurities, and his personality is a breath of fresh air in a world overblown with posture, with posturing. Can't wait to see where this podcast goes. Jordan, my friend, thank you so much for that that rating and review. These are the types of responses that that I hope for when I'm sitting in front of this microphone talking. So thank you for that, my my good friend. So on to today's topic, I I realized this um, as I matured, as I matured in my experience, there was one question I found myself asking over and over and over. And the answer inherently always improved the customer journey and created a, a more personalized experience. I wasn't always aware that I was asking this question, but when you're when you're placed in a position that performance is required and your check and livelihood depends on it. Right. The performance based marketing is often a type of marketing that many marketers aren't required to do. Can you imagine that a marketer not required to perform? based on their marketing. It's, it's, it's really amazing, but there, there is no filter there. There's no, um, barrier of entry for a lot of small businesses when they don't know how to properly assess or what to expect from a marketer, more specifically one that's providing the service of automation. So I, I will admit I wasn't always aware 
of this question or the power of it until years after I started asking everybody. So this podcast is, is, is essentially a summation of what I learned in like four to five years. You'll get in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> right. So the, the question that I found myself asking again and again is what if they do it again? That's the question. What if they do it again? And it's simple. It's simple, right? But if asked along each step of the path, oh, it's far from simple. It's and honestly, it, it is revelatory. It, it opens up an entirely different world of possibilities. And and it, it's it, it's based on the previous podcast that I recorded on behavioral based marketing, where I mentioned the term experience enhancement and asking this question immediately enhances the experience as it provides a simple way to enhance their journey. At least I should say asking the question begins the enhancement, but answering it, answering it gets the enhancement started implementing it completes the enhancement. <laughs> I think that's that's more accurate as, I, as I'm thinking it through as, as I'm recording this. All right. So I, it first started, I, f- I first started asking this question at lead pages and, and the reason why. And for those of you listening, you, you'll find a pattern uh, whenever I mention the the true heavy marketing learning and experience and, and teaching, I always I always will leverage lead pages. I'm forever grateful for that experience because it, it truly was a once in a lifetime experience. It's an experience many marketers even to this day will not get. Um, it, it's not a theoretical, a, you know, from the top level, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love the VP of marketing that I was under. Um, but this was very hands on uh, feet to the ground. I mean, just in it. You working with some of the top influencers, even to this day, back when they were first getting started, understanding what marketing looked like in different for different influencers. I mean, I the experience just continues to give and give and give my my hope is that you all, especially those who are, are truly aspiring to be automation service providers, that you will be placed in a position where you can have a similar experience. And the good thing for you is you at least have a community to support you that I've created so that you don't have to go through it blind, you know, as I did. But when I was first when I was at Lead Pages, I first started asking this question. And the reason was because there was a given point in time where we offered about 50 different lead magnets. And I saw a theme where both new leads and customers were opting in multiple times for different lead magnets. And it, it, it made me it, it always I always wondered, like, if you were a customer, was that FOMO? Right. Did you just not want to miss out on everything? So you didn't realize as a customer, you got everything. Um, I could understand it as a lead. As a lead, you're just trying to get as much information as possible. And uh, the result was for a while, I, I questioned how it performed. Well, we found that it was only two actually one main lead magnet that outperformed them all. So imagine the rest of the 49 were a lot of noise, a lot of leads that um, could have really probably been captured uh, by focusing more on that one main offering. 
Right um, now, I don't have the data or I don't remember the data on people who opted into those other lead magnets that were not the, the most popular ones, how they converted to customers and their lifetime customer value. Don't know that. I know I calculated it at the point, but I, I don't remember it. OK, so with that being said, it led me down this path before I came to the realization that multiple lead magnets are really pointless if they're not strategically created and placed at a point within the journey that moves people forward. Uh, I'll say it again, because many of you can get caught up in the, the action of creating all of these lead magnets, thinking more lead magnets, more leads. No, it does not. More lead magnets, less focus. And if you do get more leads, they're more unqualified leads. So when I when I realized that every offer that you create should be mapped to a stage and a step in your process. And if it does not do that, if it's not mapped to a stage and a step and they're not strategically placed in front of your contact, the, the, the contact at the right point in time, you've just created cannibalized marketing, right? Your, your marketing is killing itself. So before I came to the realization of the power of one strong lead magnet, right? And focusing your marketing on that, um, or let me say minimal lead magnets. I came, came across this question because if people are coming in all the time, I had to say, well, do we want to treat them differently? Right. And I realized that the journey for a first timer should be different than that of a repeater, right? Especially if they're a customer. So I began to ask this question and build relative to the answer and quickly discovered these three considerations. All right. Um, the result of doing this was positive. Absolutely positive. Um, it lends itself to the law of segmentation and the effectiveness of focused marketing and messaging. Right. So that's the the lane that we're in. In fact, all of marketing automation uh, focuses on information capturing for effective segmentation and messaging to those segments. That's that's the success. That's how you become successful. Right. Um, so as I began to ask this question, uh, these considerations came up. All right. So consideration number one was the platform. What can the platform do? Right. And, and honestly, these considerations are so interwoven. I struggled making them one, two and three because they could really just be one big one. But for the sake of communicating clearly to facilitate understanding of this topic, I tried to break them up. So many of you would be like, well, that's the same or, you know, but just just hear me out. Right. So the platform's ability is the first consideration. Right. So Infusionsoft back back when I was using it, um, it didn't allow for forms to for you to determine if you wanted the form to be submitted once or multiple times easily. At least I don't remember it. Right. Or definitely if they were coming through uh, based on a tag. Right. So if if what what would happen is the form would always add them to the the campaign. All right. So there there was no option on the form where you could say um, run this multiple times or run this one time only. So it took additional knowledge of the platform to answer the question. What should I do if they do this again? OK, so it led to defaulting to everybody getting the same experience unless I use a decision diamond right after the form submission, which, again, is advanced. And as a beginning user, you may not know 
how to do that or even think that it's worth the effort. Right. Whereas in contrast, Entreport and Active Campaign, they give you the ability to to determine if you want to run the action every time or just the first time. It's, it's like an easy checkbox or a drop down. Right. So now you can answer that question a, a lot quicker and it would be it, it allows you to start to enhance the journey easier. OK, so I, I'll go into some examples of of why you would want to um, or some actions perhaps that you would want to say, OK, if they do this, what should I do? You know, if they do it again. Right. Um, but that's the first consideration is the platform's ability. You'll see that come up often. Right. I often talk about the platform and what it's capable of, because I want you to know that I'm always assessing my platform and I'm always assessing my platform relative to what I needed to do, not what it's telling me it can do. OK, so an- another thing that you may consider um, when we talk about platforms ability, if it's too hard to say, hey, send this every time or send this once. Um, think about conditional content for people that opt in again. Right. So maybe you have a default message for everybody. But if they've if they've done this action again, then you show them a t- an entirely different message within the same email. Right. So if you do that, you'll also want to make sure that your platform supports capturing that type of information. Right. The platform would have to be able to tell you, hey, they've received this email before. Right. Or, hey, they've they've done this before. So um, that's a again, that's advanced. Right. When we talk about conditional content, that's an advanced use case. So when I look at a platform's ability, I'm thinking just basic functionality. All right. So that's your first consideration to answer this question. Um, The second one is intent. This is probably the biggest one. What are they trying to do? You know, when I was at lead pages, um, I was I would always figure out, like, why are they opting in? You know, like when you're a customer, you have the platform, you have um, office hours, you know, with myself and Jeff and Bob and, you know, everybody else on the team, Nate. And you have access to way more than what we give away for free. So what are you trying to do? And this speaks to context and clear communication. Right. So what I was realizing is it was FOMO. FOMO was was kicking in. They're like, hey, I don't want to miss out on any good content for lead pages. They were not taking into account free and paid. They were just looking at it in like in totality, any content. Right. So unless you ask that question, what are what are they trying to do when you when you see repeat behavior? Because that's what this question does. What if they do it again? It's identifying repeat behavior. When you see that repeat behavior, what story is that telling you? Right. And you'll see repeat behavior be more confusing when you're confusing. Right. So so if you have all of these lead magnets, I I mentioned this previously, you have all these lead magnets and there's no real rhyme or reason to it. You just created them and hope that you get more leads. Then it's going to it's really hard to tell what they're trying to do because they don't even know what they're trying to do because you don't necessarily know what you're trying to do. But for me, um, I'll just use the five systems that I teach on 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 five systems to automate any business. Um, there's five stages and steps within those stages. Each stage has a offer map to it. 
and I don't have multiple offers competing per stage. And if I do, I'm, I'm very clear. Right. So if you opt in for something on my website, your intent for me is pretty clear. Like I can I can get to a quick uh, synopsis or or a quick educated guess on what you're trying to do. That's when your marketing is mapped out clearly and built at and built to spec. Right. So an example is if they if they registered for a webinar again, a webinar again. Why do you think they did that? Right. What was it? Was the information that good? Um, were they not able to finish it? And that's why now we're getting getting into the amount of data you collected, which, by the way, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. I'll speak to the importance of that data in the next episode, in the next podcast episode. But but now I'm starting to see, oh, I need I need information to be able to finish this, to be able to finish this story. Right. But 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 also um, if they did attend again, should they get the attended or non attended email follow up or should they just get it one time? Right. We just talked about a webinar and I asked that question three times. I said, if they register again, what should we do? One, One is I'll tell you, you should always send them a registration confirmation always. Right. But if you have some nurturing some pre-event nurturing, should they always get that? If they register again, should they not? Because if they do register again, what if it's by accident, right? So what if they register before the event twice? Now you run the risk of sending them to pre-event follow-ups. Maybe that's important to you. Maybe it's not. So that's the first question. Then the second question is, do I send them the attended follow-up? Third question is, do I send them the non-attended follow-up every time? Right. If and, and, and really what it does is it's it's relative to your audience. And if you want want to run the risk of appearing repetitive or robotic in your marketing, do you want your marketing to feel dynamic? If so, this question is what does it. Right. So so how do you only send them the email once if that's the case? Okay, which is going to lead us into our third consideration in a moment. But if you just answer that and say, you know what, Chris, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I do. Once they've received it, I don't want to keep giving it to them. One of the things that that I found at at lead pages at lead pages as we started to streamline the the entire follow up system was that if they opted in for a lead magnet, we would always give them the lead magnet. Always. That's 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 not that's a non-negotiable. Give the people what they asked for. What they didn't ask for in like directly was the follow up emails. So if you were already in a follow up sequence, I would suppress you from going into another sequence. All right. So there was some pause and resume activity going on, which goes back up to the first consideration. Can the platform do that? (laughs) Right. Which is going to lead us into the third. So so let me keep going so we can get to the third and you can see this full story. Um, We talked about a webinar. What if they downloaded a lead magnet more than once? Just kind of mention that. Right. What do you want to do? What are they trying to do? I mean, depending on your lead magnet, wouldn't that make you curious? Like, okay, why did you do this again? Like, I, I just saw that you downloaded it 
and you actually went through all the content. Why are you doing this again? Maybe they lost the email. Right. And and now you have a decision to say, OK, if they did lose the email, do I just want to send them the, the first email with the document or download or do I want to send them ongoing? You know, whatever. All right. So these are things you have to monitor because all action doesn't mandate creating a custom path for. So there's a lot of observation. And that's why in one of the previous episodes, I talked about babysitting automations. You really have to take the time to watch them and see, OK, this is a repeat behavior that I want to make a path or it's just something like, hey, you know, I, I won't I won't focus on that because the third consideration is complexity and, and complexity brings it all together. How hard is it to pull this off and document? If the complexity is high and the return on that effort is low, I recommend avoiding it or, or just researching other ways to optimize. Right. Um, this ties into the first consideration. Right. As complexity, it's subjective and relative to your skills and or the skills of your marketer. Um, it, and if you're an automation service provider, these are the skills that you're learning. Right. How to navigate these tools um, quickly so that the complexity comes down and it's not hard to pull off. Right. Because if the complexity is high, but the execution can be simplified, then I would I, I would change my no to a yes. I would say when I went from, hey, don't do it if complexity is high to. Yeah, sure. If you could pull it off. And, and I guess the, the ultimate parameter is, is it going to produce a result? That's really the key. Because we can ask this question all we want. What if they do it again? If it doesn't if it doesn't in um, produce a desired result. Then why are we even asking the question? That is the motivation behind me asking the question is the result. OK, and for me, I want my marketing to be dynamic. You all have experienced it in some fashion already. I want to pay attention to everything you've done and be able to speak in an automated fashion specifically to what you're doing and what you need to do next. So I don't want you to be able to go through, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't want you to be able to keep going through the same process and getting the same emails. I don't. That's a personal decision of how I build out automated marketing. I don't want it to be the same. I don't want it to feel repetitive or robotic. OK, I want it to be as dynamic as possible. All right. So the complexity is really relative to the acumen of your marketer or your automation service provider. Their acumen sets the complexity because a good automation service provider should should be able to take the most complex and document it, map it and implement it as simple as possible. Right. For me, what it looks like um, in an active campaign is modular building. Right. So I may have multiple automations doing different functions, but working together. Right. In Entreport, I may have one big campaign that's easily that you can easily follow with with uh, start actions right across it. It all depends. Right. And your marketer is going to do that because you're you're. Your your automation service provider is the one that's responsible for being in tune with you as a CEO and the business and understanding how 
to best document and build. They're not selfish. They're not just building for them. They understand a team is involved. Okay, so when we talk about complexity, it's specific to the one providing the service of automation. When we talk about intent, it's specific to the contact going through the automation. And when we speak about platform, it's the platform that is creating the ability for them to go through. That's how these three considerations work. All right. So let's talk through some examples. Um, I'll, I'll name these out and you just kind of finish the sentence in your mind. All right. So they filled out a form for a consultation that they've previously requested. Um, let, let me and let's say they requested and showed up for. OK, they fill out that form again. Are you sending them the same confirmation? Are you sending them the same preparation emails? Listen, I'm not saying they're the best. One, the best answer is yes or no. I'm just getting the wheels turning. OK, they opted in for the same lead magnet after consuming your entire follow up. Right. Are you sending them the lead magnet and the follow up again? Just a lead magnet. Are you changing the follow up? What, what, what is that? Right. They register for your your webinar multiple times. They have received a specific email. Do you want them to receive that email again? OK. How repetitive. So the so those are some examples. And it, it just begs the question, how repetitive are you willing to be in your marketing? And does it even matter? If you're if you're with a highly technical audience like I do have, it does matter. I don't want to be repetitive. I don't want to be static. I want to be very dynamic because people are looking to me to say, hey, how did you do that? Hey, I want to do something like that. So I have to I have to lead by example in my case. But but perhaps your audience is not that complex. And 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 they're not you don't see a lot of repeat behavior. Right. So. You have to take that into account. I could see that for more traditional market marketing, like more service based, traditional service based marketing, uh, traditional service based companies, I should say. Right. So it doesn't matter um, how complex or how, how simple the marketing needs to be. Either way, asking this question opens you up to multiple outcomes that can take into a, that you, that you must take into account when you're building out automation. Okay. Because why not make, make the experience as dynamic as possible if you can. Again, I don't want to sacrifice results and simplicity of execution and, and, and speed of implementation and all of those things just for the sake of dy- a dynamic experience that may that the increase in in results may be negligible. Right. So so caution from the wise. Um, be, be mindful of the audience and don't try to account for every decision that someone can make, because at some point the effort to do so, it, it isn't worth it. I, I believe this is the law of diminishing returns, but you can get caught up. And especially me as an engineer, I, I sometimes I just think, well, what if they do this? What if they do this? Then this. What if they do this, then this, then that, right? Like I can really get off and have a, a tree, a literal logic tree in front of me with hundreds of possibilities. You don't want to do that. (laughs) Take, take it from me. 
been there and done that. For one, it's just too hard to keep track of. Okay, even with good documentation, it's just too hard to get get uh, to keep track of. And two is there is more than likely a more simple path that produces bigger results. So I like to ask this question and the answer to it doesn't always result in me doing something. Sometimes it just makes me aware that, OK, I know that they can do that, but it's I'm not I'm not going to talk to them any differently. Like they're going to get the same type of email that everybody gets. Now, here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing with automation. What automation does oftentimes is allows you to put maybe a simple email, like do some branching and send one email because they did something else then another one. Um, I think that. That highlights the power because you could just do it once. If it's something as simple as an email, you could do it once and then it's there and then you could check in and, and, and monitor the results. But since there's no human activity or, you know, human resources required to pull that off. You, you leverage the power of automation. Again, the problem is getting carried away with it. You've got all this advanced branching. You're sending 30 emails, 30 versions of the same email because they could potentially, you know, do this, this and that. You know, you want to keep it confined. And the only way to keep it confined is measurement. Measurement is your metric. I, I, I should say measuring your metrics. Right. You can't do this blind, everybody. This question you cannot ask blindly. It has to be coupled with the measurement of performance. OK, it has to be. All right. So that's my <laughs> that's my word from the wise in putting this into action. Um, but but those that that move the needle, those actions, you know, those the, the answers, I should say, when you ask that question, those answers that move the needle are the ones that you should start with. OK, based on the behavior that you're tracking again, um, we'll talk about behavior tracking in the next episode and you'll see you'll see how it, it just all works together. And, and let me just say that's the challenge with this, everybody. I am I have to I like to keep these time based. So, you know, try not to go over 30 minutes. Or, or I should say, stay between 30 and 45 minutes. And all of the content ties together. It's not isolated. It's just like automated marketing. It all fits. It's all connected. So sometimes when I draw the line and say, OK, this is one episode, this is the next. It's it's hard for me. Just so you know, it is because it's just a natural flow like this one just naturally flows into behavior based marketing. But that's the next episode. All right. So who needed to hear this episode? Who's the first person that comes to mind that is on the front line of providing the service of automation and could use this this episode to learn how to think more critically and create a more dynamic experience for better results? Who is that? So so this is not going to be a CEO that you're thinking of today. This is going to be somebody on the front line. Who's that digital marketer that you know of? Who's that person when you ask, hey, what do you do? They say, oh, I work from home. Oh, what do you do at home? Oh, I teach I, I, I online marketing. Right. Who's the person that said that uh, digital marketing? This podcast, they need to hear. They need to hear this podcast. All right. 
Also, now is the time if you're listening for the first time to leave your five star rating and review. I, 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 I recommend and I invite you to keep this episode playing in the background. Go ahead, log into or or launch your iTunes or Apple podcast app and leave that five star rating and review wherever you're listening to it. Just do that now. Um, it will be greatly appreciated, greatly appreciated here at Automation Bridge. We're we're dedicated to training digital marketing professionals to become automation service providers. OK, start as a digital marketer. You, you come in as a digital marketer. You walk out as an automated service provider. Right. Automation service provider. Right. Small businesses. They're, they're in a great need of marketers with the ability to learn marketing and, and technology for the deploying of automated systems for their rapid growth. They need it so much. These people have to be able to identify the best tools, extract strategy, match the strategy with the best tools, map it out clearly and execute quickly. You have to be able to do that if, if you're if you would like to learn how to do that. And do it for a living. It's a huge opportunity in marketing automation. Huge. If you like to do that, um, I would I would like I would say (laughs) I would instruct you to go to automationbridge.com forward slash ASP and take the next steps to talk to somebody, either myself or someone on the team to assess if you'd be a good fit to join my program and community of, of automation service providers. Okay, the time is now and the need has never been greater. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with my own eyes. And we collectively, me and the folks in my community, we're serving it with our own own hands. Huge opportunity. So if that's you again, automationbridge.com forward slash ASP. All of these episodes will be available and accessible at Automation Bridge. All of the episodes and show notes will be available and accessible at automationbridge.com forward slash podcast you can also subscribe there you can subscribe there and listen to other episodes at your leisure so until next time automate responsibly my friends